Yirmiyot chapter 39, in the previous chapter, once again, Sitchiyahu the king had sent for Yirmiyahu, chapter 38, verse 14, and he makes a request of him. In verse number 14, Yirmiyahu says, listen, if I tell you the truth, you want to kill me. And when I give you a piece of advice, you don't listen. So Sitchiyahu swears to him. I swear, he says, not going to harm you. Not going to kill you. So Yermio says again, here's what I think you should do. Give yourself up to the Babylonians. If you don't do that, the city will be destroyed and you'll be destroyed. You're not going to escape them. And Sitchio says to Yermio, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, in verse 19, that the Babylonians will hand me over to the Jews who deserted. The Jews who deserted, who left me, they left because they think my policies were mistaken, which they are, and that he will hand me over to them and they will torture me, mock me, or whatever. And Yermio says to him in the 20th verse of the previous chapter, it's not going to happen. Lo yitenu, they will not give you over, means the Babylonians will not give you over to those deserters or to those who left you because they thought your policies were wrong. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Otherwise, disaster. And Sidkiyahu, who hears all this, does not respond affirmatively. He simply says to Yermio at the end of the previous chapter, I don't want anybody to know that we met. And if they ask you what was the conversation about, say, and the conversation was about your request not to be returned to the house of Yehonatan. As we recall, the house of Yehonatan was a place where Yermiyahu felt that was a jail, and he felt that he would die there. So that is true, actually. Yermiyahu did make that request, but that was actually not the substance, the primary substance of this particular meeting. So that's what happens. Yermiyahu agrees. What happened? He doesn't tell him the truth. Yermiyahu sent back. To the prison compound Chatara Matara, and and importantly, Sitkiyahu did not follow the advice of Yemiyahu. Quite the opposite. So the siege takes place, and according to chapter thirty-nine, verse number two, that in the fourth month. Of the 11th year of Tzitkiel's reign, last year of his reign, the city was breached. So that, according to what we have in the book of Yirmiyahu, the breach of the wall was on the 9th of the 4th month. The 4th month would be the month of Tammuz. Tisha B'Tammuz. We know that in that tradition, we associate the breach of the city with the 17th of Tammuz, Shivasa B'Tammuz. But here it's the 9th of Tammuz. So, how to resolve that with the tradition is a good question. But in any event, it says the 9th of Tammuz, the city wall was breached. The main officers of the king of Babylon enter. They take up quarters in the city. And when Sitkiyo sees this, in verse number 4, he attempts to flee. He attempts to run away at night through the king's garden, but is unsuccessful. The Babylonians capture him. They kill his children. 
They blind him. They bind him in fetters, bronze fetters, and bring him to Babylon. Everything Yirmiyo had said, the disaster, is now taking place for the Jews collectively in the city of Jerusalem, the temple. The city is burnt, the temple is burnt, the king's family is slaughtered, the king himself is blinded and exiled. That's chapter 39. Now within chapter 39, terribly sad chapter, there are three notes in the chapter, three points of light in chapter 39. Potential points of light. The first point is that in chapter 39, there are some people who are allowed to remain in the land. We remember that earlier in the first exile, the craftsmen, the leaders, the aristocracy, they were sent to Babylon. In this, the remainder of the people are sent, with the exception, in verse number 10, of the very poorest people. The poor people who have nothing. The chief butcher. Let them stay in the land of Judah. He allowed them to have vineyards, and Yigevim is a word that we don't find elsewhere, typically translated as fields. He allowed them to stay in the land and gave them fields, for whatever reason, potentially since they have an army there, which comes periodically, maybe they wanted some produce for the army. So he allows certain people to stay, the lowest class to stay. That's the first point of light. That potentially could be something. The second point, and this is a story that appears with some modifications in the next chapter, that Nebuchadnezzar issues a command concerning Yirmiyo himself. The command is found in verse 12. So keep your eye on him means protect him. If you have it in the Joseph narrative as well, means I'll keep an eye on him, I'll watch over him. So watch over him, don't do anything to Yirmiyahu. Do whatever he says. That's the specific command concerning Yirmiyahu. After all, from the perspective of the Babylonians, Yirmiyahu had been the one all along who said, make peace with Babel, don't fight them. So he's seen as an ally by the Babylonians, as an ally of Babel. We know that it wasn't exactly that way. He's not an ally of Babel. He feels that's in the best interest of Israel. But that's how the Babylonians may see it. And they take Yirmiyo out of jail, and they hand him over, in verse number 14, to Gedalio ben Achikam ben Shafan. They hand him over to Gedalio ben Achikam. Achikam earlier was mentioned as a friend of Yirmiyahu, on Yirmiyahu's side. And, of course, Gedalia is the one that will be appointed the governor of the remaining Jews in the land. That's a story that will appear later on. That's the second point. Vayeshev betokha'am and Yirmiyos dwells amongst the people. That's the second point. And finally, the third point of light in chapter 39 has to do with Evid Melech Hakushi. Evid Melech Hakushi was the one who took extraordinary measures to save Yermiel's life. When Yermiel was dropped into the pit, which was filled with clay, he, would, he wouldn't be able to escape the pit. And the pit has no water, and the city has no food, so he will die. 
and Evid Melch Hakushi goes to the king and intercedes on Yirmiyo's behalf, and Sitkyo agrees to permit Evid Melch Hakushi, and even says, get 30 people to help you, and they bring Yirmiyo out of the pit. So at the end of chapter 39, uh, we're told the following. So they go and say to Evan Melech, the Kushi, thus says God, I am going to fulfill my word concerning the city for disaster, not for good. It will come true on that day in your presence. So when you're in the city, all these terrible things are happening. And I will save you at that time. You will not be handed over to those that you fear. I will cause you to be delivered, to be saved, to escape, literally. You will not die by the sword. You shall escape with your life because you trust in me, declares the Lord. So Evan Melch HaKushi is singled out. This non-Jew who was courageous and interceded on Yirmiyot's behalf, prophet, he will be spared. And here I think it, as we finish reading chapter 39, to reflect on an important point that will be reiterated later on in chapter 45. And that is that in these times of catastrophe, disaster, slaughter, destruction, Sometimes the best you can ask for is survival. And that's the message to Evan Melch HaKushi, And actually, I will save you on that day. And it reminds us very much of what we encountered in the very beginning of the book of Yirmiyot, God's message to Yirmiyot in chapter 1. When God says to Yirmiyot, I have set you aside prior to your birth, to deliver my message, a message largely of destruction, of tearing down, of uprooting. I will protect you, though. I will be your guardian, and no one will be able to harm you. Now, they can certainly harm him, and he's been harmed many times. These chapters, he's in and out of various types of jail. At least on two occasions, they try to kill him. But I will save your life. I will spare your life. And that's a very important theme here in terms of Eben Melech HaKushi as well. The blessing is you will survive. The blessing is you will escape. Under these circumstances, you can't expect more. So the chapter is about the great calamity, which finally takes place in chapter 39. There are points of light. Yirmiyo himself is allowed to dwell amongst the people. People are rewarded for their good deeds. And there is a remainder of people who stay in the land. And there's always hope. When you have people, even the poor people, even those who have nothing, as it says, but perhaps you can build from that. That's the hope that the reader has as we complete chapter 39. We will see, of course, what happens to that possibility in the ensuing chapters.